Hello and welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market brought to you by Geelong Real Estate Co. Contact Ricky Ford if you're looking to buy or sell your home and we're here at Geelong Real Estate Co.'s office in, do we call this Packington Street or Gordon Street? We're right on the corner. We're in sales, this is definitely Packington Street. (laughs) (laughs) We're in real estate neighborhood, aren't we? Because you've got um, real estate offices next door, across the road, up the street. The mecca of real estate. It's well, it's the it's the uh, it's probably the street you want to live in Geelong, isn't it? Although I, I must say, traffic was a little bit of a pain. <laughs> well, you want to be in the prime location. It, it does come with traffic. It does. Now we've got a couple of things we want to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks. We wanted to actually do this every week, but the last time we recorded was on a Thursday morning, and that night, you jinxed us. Geelong went into lockdown. You jinxed us. Yeah, that's right. We spoke about. Um, we had a couple of campaigns due to go to auction. As you said, we uh, the podcast was on the Thursday. We had two auctions to go on Saturday. And yeah, I think it was Friday Friday morning that you, you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, those people that wanted to get back into listening to the podcast, they had something to do, didn't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. So now that we're back, it's been a couple of weeks. Really interested to get your take on what COVID has done in Geelong. I know you had to pivot um, a couple of sales from auctions to best and final offers. And that actually segues well into our topics today because keen to chat to you about price guides, um, a lot of things going to auction, uh, what isn't going to auction, how best to negotiate. And there's an elephant in the room too Mm. because I've made a couple of controversial (laughs) posts on Instagram. I think we need to flip this podcast. It needs to be about... This one's all about you, I think. We need to... The people need to know... Um, I'm, I'm actually getting a lot of feedback from, from listeners, people liking that you're calling out. Um, calling out potentially, is it is it underquoting? Uh, I won't say that. I haven't accused anyone of that. I just question how listing prices um, are created and, and looking at comparable sales and... You know, in fairness, some properties aren't comparable, but we're at a point in the market where Geelong's enjoyed this growth for a good six months now. And it's time that some agents realize that the market has moved and actually start pricing to where we're at now and not where we were at um, maybe Christmas or January earlier this year. Um, But you're right, there were a couple of others. And I must say there was a sale that I um, called out um, from Hodges on the weekend. Naming uh, names. Well, no, because <laughs> I, I want to I want to give a little high five to Hodges because I went to another property Ooh, today. Flip the, and flip the script, okay. I went to another property today. So for those who haven't seen the Instagram page, they advertised a property for 800. It ended up selling for over a million bucks. Fair enough, that's probably what it was worth. Um, but I went to a property today, originally listed 900 to 990. What street is this? This street is Richmond Street. Yep. Um, nice spot, north side um, of Richmond Street, right near the footy oval in Great spot. Geelong. Um, it's your, ren- neck of, your neck of the woods yeah, over that far, side of town. Not far away. Um, renovated place, beautifully done, and they've increased the price guide by 100000 it, it was the first open today. So they haven't increased it because of any offers or anything they increased it because of their result on the weekend knowing that this is a nicer property so kudos to them they've done the right thing Um, they've done the right thing there and um, it'd be interesting to see if um, 
if they follow suit, they you know if you're having an uh, open for inspection, you're having twenty or thirty groups through eight or nine copies of the contract request, whether they potentially continue to move it forward or whether it's a bit of a one and done. People think, oh, well, we've done the right thing. That's all we need to do. So watch that space, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, they've done the right thing, but then it comes down to, all right, if you're a genuine buyer out there, I say put in an offer. Put in an offer above the asking price. If you're confident it's going to go higher, what have you got to lose? You, you Putting in an offer for something that you think still got room to grow. And if you do your research properly and actually look at comparables, if you undering, uh, offering under what a reasonable comparable is, every chance the bank comes back in, in six months' time and says, here's some extra equity because mm. your property is actually worth more than what you paid. Mm. It's yeah, it's a conundrum because obviously people want to... Um, everyone's different. I think it's probably because you've got a lot of experience as a buyer, um, but a lot of buyers potentially are worried. Still in this market, even though it's crazy, I'm, we still see some buyers like second-guessing themselves and the price. Yeah. So if people are starting to get ready for an auction um, or a... Um, a best and final offer scenario, like people second guessing themselves, yep. even in this hot market. So they're thinking, oh, I don't want to overpay. I just mm. think that's the wrong attitude in this market. Like I just don't, you know, and there's a couple of sales we'll talk about soon, but yeah, just, I don't think there is such a thing as overpaying in this market because mm. as you said, by the time it settles and then three or six months rolls around, by the time you get your first anniversary card from your real estate agent, it's already um, had yeah. 10% growth. Uh, and um, I can speak to that because I bought in East Geelong in 2019 and we're 2021 now and East Geelong's enjoyed um, immense growth and I was talking to you about another house that I missed out on yeah that's McGrath your former company sold um, our budget was 615 it sold for about 628 and yep. I felt well wow, that's gone over our budget by a fair bit good ex-colleague of mine Shane Goodall he's no longer in real estate he did an awesome job with that sale I remember that so no, but yeah but, you, but you're no, right like he said I could buy <laughs> <laughs> he said I was in the hunt <laughs> um, but anyway look long story short I think yeah the main takeaway from that is at the time obviously that 10 or 15 grand like we spoke about before mm. you went over your budget it feels like the end of the earth but um before you found your next property, I bet there would have been a period of time there where you were kicking yourself and thinking, oh, we should have just stretched. We should have just bought it. Obviously, ended out for the best because you've got a beautiful property and you've done some awesome things with that. But um, yeah, I definitely, it, as I said, it's the fear of the unknown. So there's buyer's remorse before they buy something. They're thinking, oh God, I don't want to overpay. What yeah. happens if I overpay? And then as soon as they don't buy it, they think shit like, uh, I should have stretched. More. But yeah. it's yeah, it's crazy. Especially if you're going to, you know, you got Melbourne buyers that are looking to live here. You, they're probably going to live here for a long time, mm. right? They're not going to come down here, live for two years, and then say, "Oh, Turn I don't go back. Long and go yeah. back and be forced to sell." Mm. And as we'll as we'll say, we've got a couple of properties here. We're going to look at some different suburbs, and one of them, um, one of them, Ricky, I'll look at here uh, in. Alicia Street, Bell Park, sold for six hundred and thirty back in September two thousand. Sold for one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they bought it. They bought it for forty one thousand, or someone bought it for forty one thousand in nineteen eighty one. In two thousand, it's worth one hundred thirty, and in twenty twenty one, it's worth six hundred and thirty. You just wonder if like what that looks like for the future. Exactly. And we spoke about on this the last podcast, like compound growth over, you know, ten years. Um, what's the expression good real estate doubles every 10 years and yeah. we're seeing and i think that's another example i'm no mathematician as we know damien but yeah. that's yeah growth silly so i'm happy to 
Um, uh, have we addressed that elephant in the room or you got any other questions you want to discuss? <laughs> no, no, I think... But genuinely, though, I think people are enjoying, like... Um, I don't want to pump your tyres too big. I don't want to call you Batman or anything like that. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like um, people enjoy at least the conversation around, like, mm. is this agent doing the right thing? And as you said, kudos to them. That I, I think... I agree. I think they have probably done the right thing in the end there. So... Mm. Um, but I think it's good for the industry. I remember um, one of my old bosses said to me, competition's healthy. So I think if we're all looking at each other and keeping each other accountable, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how a property in Cumberland Street goes uh, soon mm. as well. So we'll keep an eye on that one because... Well, it's funny because I tagged, I'm not sure if you saw it, but on Instagram, I actually tagged um, the underbidder of the property next door that Whitford was selling right. um, so we were he's a good client of mine we've been friends for a while now and um, he was potentially about to put his house on the market he just wanted to wait and see what Cumberland went for and I, like do you remember what they were quoting at the time I don't I yeah. don't remember what they were quoting I think they might what have did it sell quoting, for in the end it sold for 906 yeah I don't quote me, but it was something like seven to seven fifty, or mm. it was like miles and miles below that. And my client's pretty switched on. Like he, he was like you, he he missed out on a few. He'd done his research. He he knew what it was worth. And um, I said to him, mate, like don't even bother. Like don't go through the pain. Don't if you're not at like eight fifty plus. Mm. And um, and anyway, so yeah, went to nine oh six. And then obviously now you see the property next door. That's come on the market, which it's you... not only next door. It's the same floor plan. It shares the center wall. It's actually a mirror image of yeah. the property next door, and that's listed seven twenty-five to seven seventy-five, something roughly. And like that. that you pointed out that they're not using the property that's touching it as a comparable well, sale. They haven't used it as a comparable sale, which doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe, maybe I have to walk through it. Maybe I'll go and visit <laughs> the guys there and and. <laughs> Go and walk through it and maybe I'll ask the guys next door if I can walk through theirs and compare it as well. But it'll be interesting to see what that goes. Where and I up. think that also speaks to the the Melbourne buyers coming down because you look at a property like that, it's got some period features. Mm. If you saw that property in uh, Brunswick or Carlton, yep. you're going to pay 900 for it, yep. right? So I've got a friend that's looking to buy in um, Middle Park at the moment yeah. and more or less that same thing's like 1.3, 1.4. You know, so it's like still such good value. Mm. I think maybe Geelong buyers see a shared wall and are a bit hesitant, but that's pretty normal in Melbourne. I'm mm. um, getting it like, like I said, bit of character. Mm. It's got a nice courtyard. Yeah, interesting to see Watch how it goes. Now let's talk about uh, how I jinxed COVID and you had a <laughs> couple of auctions you had to pivot. Yep. Um, one strategy you went to was best and final offer. How did yep. that work out for your clients? Yeah, so we were speaking before we got started. Like, I don't really have a preferred method of sale. I just do what's right for the client and depending on how many buyers we've got on the property. So, um, one of the other comparables that we're going to talk about was um, 11 Isabella Street. So, I had that property going to auction the, the day after our podcast or whatever and um, we're quoting 750 to 8 on it. The interest was... A little bit up and down because it presented some challenges it had an easement running east west like right through the guts of it uh, it was a really narrow block so you couldn't actually fit um three townhouses on it because you know due to the turning circle it was it was a complicated site and people had done due diligence and just weren't like screaming out for it so um we weren't exactly sure where it would end up on the day so luckily the um 
the seller trusted me and took my advice and we ran the best and final process on it. And I wouldn't, I'd never disclose the underbidder, obviously, but the vendor was wrapped because, yeah, it sold for, um, yeah, 852 or 853. I've got a shocking memory, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a good result in the end. So, and I remember um, there was another property that uh, uh, Johnny Moran from Whitford had that was on Minerva Road. I think you got the address there. Um, very similar. They were both two bedroom. They both needed stacks of work. Um, arguably, the one on Minerva Road is probably a better spot. And they were quoting what were they quoting on that? Uh, Six fifty to seven, I or think, or something like that. Yeah. So, and what did they end up selling for? They ended up selling for eight thirty-five. Two yeah. bed, one bath. Decent sized block. We're going to talk about Manifold Heights because I think that's one of the been one of the boom suburbs for the past mm, twelve months. I agree. Um, it's been an incredible suburb. So I think that just goes to show that it doesn't really matter what method of sale. It's just what what's right for the client. So whether you think auction and that result or um, best and final offer and the result where you got like it's much of a much. And it's just whatever the client's happy with. I think. And Johnny end up going to an online auction that day. I, be- I believe so. Don't quote me, but I believe so. Yeah. So that I think was in the morning, and that gave your buyers that were potentially interested in both properties they miss out on that auction yeah roll over to us and yeah 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 so um we were in a position that we could pivot obviously with our time so we moved ours back um because i thought once the minerva road sale was done people might see a little bit more value in isabella street Mm -hmm. and it turned out to to work for us so Yeah. yeah and i think that's um a smart play not going up against it yeah, let, you, you let could, both of them have their own breathing space. Like, they're their own property. Let yeah. them do their own thing. So, it's not necessarily that they're competition, but I think running them both at the same time, just, yeah, I think we both would have lost. So, I think it's a good outcome. Well, I, you, you could have forced something on the Friday night, right? We go into lockdown. You say, I want best and finals by Friday, 5 p.m. Mm. And then you've got people thinking, well, I don't, I'm, I'm interested in that other property too. I want too. to see how so it goes. I think yeah. you look at the results and you think the vendor's, at both properties have, have had a yeah, reasonable results. Outcome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, tell us what else has affected COVID at the moment. Um, can you schedule an open house for anyone to just rock up or do we have to pre-register? Yeah, so it's still by appointment only, which is, I just don't get, like I don't want to get on your podcast and make it all negative about COVID, but I just don't, yeah, I just don't get it. Like just There don't. have been properties I've been to, say in the past couple of months, where there have been lines out the door and mm. it's probably not COVID safe. Mm. So it's probably something has to be done. Maybe it's don't market your your property at too low a price because you'll get every man and their dog. Mm. But um, obviously QR codes is now something that's pretty yeah. common at open house properties. Yeah. And again, going back to being COVID safe, like I just think I would have thought this market would potentially just you'd be able to overqualify people, I guess. Like, you know, do you have your conveyances details saved? Are you pre-approved? Do you know what a Section 32 is? Like, getting to know um, your buyers a little bit more. But yeah, you're right. I'm seeing open for inspections where we're actually turning people away because they've seen the open for inspection time online and it says buyers must register for the inspection and they just turn up. Yeah. So, um, I'm not... Yeah, that's... It's just crazy out there. Yeah. Are you getting any Melbourne buyers that are fed up? They obviously can't come down and look at the moment. Um, are you recommending them to engage with buyers agents to get through? Mm. Um, you know, mm. we've seen some technology developed and used recently, like um, you know, 
Matter. Click click through property. Where yeah, you virtual can, tours. And, yeah, virtual yeah, yeah. tours. That's. I'd love to get the three D headset. That would be that would be where it's at. I think. Yeah. But yeah. So, watch watch this for a latest um a later space. But yeah, no, I definitely I've always been a big um, fan of um vendors advocates like mm. um guys like Tony Slack. You know, been around for four hundred years. Yeah. He know, he knows more than all the real estate agents combined. So he, I think he's been on your podcast before. I got yeah um, a lot of time for him because I think he he helps speed up the process in terms of buyers. Like regardless of which agency, which brand, whatever, he, he knows more or less the property market, every suburb, back to front, and he can just really speed up the process for those buyers. So if there is a property that's underquoted um, and might not even be deliberate, like the comparables might be just a little bit old, but because he's going to auctions like, you know, one after the other after the other, he's just he's just up to speed, so he knows what's going on. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend, um, yeah, recommend that. It's funny how many auctions I've been to where I've seen Tony bid and he's gone well over asking price. And he knows what a property's worth, right? Mm. Um, he knows where the value is, and he can keep going above asking price, knowing that there's still mm. value there. I think Especially a lot of like- buy- a lot of other buyers hate him though, because. Like, <laughs> and sorry if you're listening, Tony, but yeah, I think um, when you see him rock up to one of the auctions, people are like shit, this guy again, you know, because he's good. Like he knows yeah. he knows the strategy, um, and sometimes. You know, it can be challenging negotiating with him like we were working on one mm. um, a little while ago in East Geelong and I think you came through that open for inspection actually and um, anyway, he's just, he's a hard man to deal with because he knows, like it's enjoy, like hard man's probably the wrong thing but he, he knows the value, you know mm. what I mean and he's not, he's no dummy. Yeah. So, he's um he's definitely good for the clients. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's a career for me one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Um, you can't be rocking up in these shorts that you're wearing, though, just quietly. So. No, no. That's why this isn't um, a, a TV. Um, <laughs> not uh, yet. It's not a YouTube channel yet. Actually, that um, reminds me. Have you started watching Lux Listings, Sydney? I, bu- I binged it. How good I is it? I binged it. I, How good um, is it? Yeah, no, it was great. It yeah. was good value. So good. Uh, I'm surprised they only went for four or five or six episodes. It well, was too short. They've already announced, um, yeah, season two's... Um, going to happen which i'm really excited about so so what properties are going to auction at the moment and what's not going to auction so what, what do you what do you look for when what do you when you look at a property how do you know it, it's an auction property and and mm-hmm. how do you know that um private sales the best best method uh i still think there's areas associated with um which typically perform better like areas like leopold and all that sort of thing still aren't known as auction suburbs yep. like people have a go like um Haji Aberdeen from McGrath like he's run a few auction campaigns out at Armstrong Creek and stuff like that so yeah I, I personally just base it on what's best for the vendor and how many buyers I think they're going to be interested per property because yep. obviously it's a supply and demand thing um because with an auction it's only ever as good as its second best buyer like everyone just worries about you know who the buyer is but mm. with an auction you need to focus on the two three four five other people beneath them obvi- yeah, right. obviously um but yeah in terms of a private sale I, I try and think too about who the buyer might be so if that's potentially like a um like a downsizer so there's a couple of sales we'll talk about in grovedale belmont and stuff in a minute but mm-hmm. one of those was a downsizer um so she had to sell a property in newtown and and that sort of thing and she not specifically her, but there's a lot of people in that demographic that might be cash poor so that they might need to sell the property. They're not working anymore, so they can't get finance. Or if they Mm. can, like it's just messy and the family hates it. So um, the ability to give a 
um, potential buyer a little bit of breathing space and be subject to finance. Like I think that's um, that's really important. Um, that 91 Albert Street that we did the podcast from last time, we did yeah. that um, via expressions of interest. So that's just gone under contract. Can't talk about the price yet. Um, but that was an expressions of interest campaign. Obviously, um, David Cordes from McGrath sold the property across the road mm-hmm. um, for auction. I think that's off a 1.65. Our mm-hmm. property was well and truly north of that. But um, it just goes to show, like, same street, one house apart, but I think it's a different... Was a, In my opinion, it was a different buyer. Mm. And I think the campaign that we ran ended up being really successful. So we ended up having three people put in um, offers of the expressions of interest, which is a little bit different to best and finals. It's similar, but um, yeah. So it just goes to show like... not. I just judge it as a case-by-case basis. I could ramble for ages about yeah. that. But, and every agent will have different opinions, but that's how I do it. All right. Uh, there was actually a post I posted on Instagram which caught your eye, the, the difference between East Geelong and yes. Thompson. Yep. I've been a big advocate for Thompson for a long time. I think it's massively underrated. Um, I actually remember having a conversation with my parents. They were looking to buy an investment property a while ago, and I was begging them to consider it, mm. and they didn't. And anyway, long story short... Where prices are now? Told you so, Mum. Well, it's and I think Thompson's still still got room to room to move because the point of my post was there's two very comparable properties in block size bedrooms. The one in um, East Geelong and yeah, yeah. But that was I think that was Geelong Residential next door. That's you're right. That. Yeah, I think that was a decent result. Maybe was it high sixes or low sevens? Mm. Um, for a two bed, one bath brick, and mm. then Thompson, you're paying four fifty. Yeah, it's nuts. Um. And you've got a couple of examples where you've sold properties that were on one side of a road, and mm. basically, if they were on the other side of a of a road, yeah. you'd probably add a hundred or two hundred thousand. Yeah, like we were looking quickly before um, we got on air. So for Itkinson Street, um, was that the property that Scott Roncon had sold from Bucks, and and I think they were quoting, you know, eight twenty to eight sixty. It was nine hundred and something square meters, and it sold for eight fifty five. So I think that's a really good campaign. That, but that's a good example of. Um, I, I live on Autumn Street, and obviously um, where the Chicken Ranch is on the corner there, you've got four different suburbs. You've obviously got West Newtown, mm. um, Hearn Hill. Like so, if, if I was wondering why I see your face every time I drive past <laughs> Chicken that. Ranch, every time I pu- I'm going to buy shares the in the place. I eat a lot of chicken. So, um, did you pay for that sign, or do they give you free food, or what's the deal? <laughs> can't talk about that. <laughs> So, um, so that's funny, right? You've got a roundabout there crazy. where there's literally four different yeah. suburbs at that roundabout, mm-hmm. um, and the name of a suburb can make a big difference Massive. in price. So that, like going back to that Atkinson one, if you pick that up and bring that across the road and put that in, um, you know, LaSalle's, like LaSalle's have in Manifold mm. Heights has had heaps of um, really good sales recently. Um, or on my side of the road in Newtown, like around Eldersley, all that sort of thing. Like again, I think that there'd have to be like 15, 20% difference in terms of price. So again, that probably feels like a big price to pay eight fifty five for a two bedroom um, in inverted commas, Hearn Hill. I still think that's good value. I wonder if school catchments play any part in, in that, um, mm. you know, whether you're one side of the road or the other, you get yeah. zoned to one school or the other. Well, I think in that particular thing, because you're only, well, it's a good question, but I know Atkinson's only like, you know, two streets off Minerva Road and you've mm. got um, literally all the great schools right there. So, um, but getting back to, um, you know, one side of the street and different pockets or whatever, there was a couple of really good sales that I wanted to talk about. So if, if a buyer's still looking for value out there, so mm. there's no such thing as value in Belmont, but 
I just sold a property at 25 Bailey Street uh, last weekend, I think it was. Um, same thing, it was supposed to go to auction. The vendor buddy had three, uh, two, sorry, postponed auction dates, and so we just reverted. That was one that we went to best and finals as well, and that sold for 636. So for a three bed, one bath on, you know, 600 square meters in Belmont to buy something under 650. Yeah. Um, and I think we ended up having five buyers put in offers on that. So, um, but I think under 650 in if people are looking for a Belmont address, but that's kind of in that little section just off um, Barwon Heads Road, if you're not familiar with it. So that's south of Settlement Road. So if, yeah. you're, if you're like Spotlight and you're going to Warm Ponds, yep. you've got High Street on your right, yep. but then it's on the left-hand mm. side, right? And people look at the map and think, oh, Grove do Bell. I want to live on that side of... Yep on that side i'm not walking distance to high street cafes and that mm. but you think that's a well it's all relevant to what your budget is do you yeah. know what i mean like it's you were looking at that one in francis street a couple of years ago um i just think it's all relevant to your budget so for the people out there like who are sub seven probably yeah. if you say my point is you pick that house up and you cross settlement road yeah and it's gone from 636 to 800 so it just depends on what your budget is but um, and that's what we're seeing buyers who are like only a week or two into looking at properties or a month or two a month or two feels like mm. years nowadays but um, if you want to get your head around value you'd be looking for opportunities like this so that was one another one um, was 185 Francis Street um, same thing four bed two bath uh, multiple living spaces double car carport um, same thing. We end up doing best and finals on that because we got locked down, um, and that sold for seven eleven. So yes, that's Grovedale, but same thing. Like you, seven hundred eleven thousand for a four yeah, bed, two, two bath, bath, brick, two big living block. spa, like yeah. alfresco. It yeah, and again because it's just that like couple of hundred meters outside people's you know meant like radius. Mm. Um, I just reckon that's really good value. Like at the time, it felt like a crazy price, but here we are. Like six or seven weeks later and all of a sudden that seems like good value that's how quickly the market's moving it's scary last one um 32 waratah place in grovedale same thing um brick that was a three bed two bath um like one and a half type living but good size block size backed onto like apco there just off the surf coast highway right um and same thing that's off for 686 and same thing you pick that up put that on the other side of sediment road and it's mid eights yep so yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? But and you get that in Melbourne too, um, but certainly in Geelong, um, you can really identify where the lines you cross from one line to another. And if you are tight on budget, um, perhaps it's worth looking to just cross that line a little mm. bit and really get some good value for your money. We promised the listeners to deep dive into a few suburbs today. We've picked out four suburbs. One is Manifold Heights. We spoke about one five six Minerva Road, which sold to uh for uh by john moran for 835 the same weekend as yours mm. in isabella and i just think manifold heights is one of the boom suburbs of the past 12 months mm. um obviously newtown and geelong west have always had big raps but it feels like manifold heights is that next suburb over but it's really catching up to i think manifold heights is still one of my favorite spots like you go to volum or one of those streets i I literally don't think there's many better streets unless you're on the waterfront or you're in like virginia or buckland just off packenden street like i I think that's as good as it gets you're between paco and shan nav um or you know you're on that side of town you've got all the schools there you've got like beautiful wide streets established period homes i think it's massively underrated 
So I've got the data here for manifold heights. Median price is 870, which makes sense when you compare it to Newtown and Geelong West, which I think are both in the Newtown might be a million dollar yeah, suburb. Yeah, did you now see that? There was a realestate.com article now yeah. saying it. it says Geelong's first million dollar suburb. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Geelong West wouldn't be too far behind. Oh, won't be far. Um, I think I did a post on some of the um, biggest growth suburbs in regional Victoria in the past 12 months. One was out of Polo Bayway and the others are Surf Coast, like mm. Barwon Heads in Queenscliff yep. um, on the Ballerine. But Manifold Heights, uh, 16% growth. Uh, in the past 12 months and compound growth of 7% over your last 10 years. So you, that's double your double your property every 10 years. You know, units, I love that expression. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Uh, units, 429500 for a unit in Manifold Heights. That's the median price. Let's have a look at Hearn Hill. We've touched on Hearn Hill as well. Um, Ickinson Street was a great example that you mentioned. Big block, 820 to 860, sold for 855 and you've got a little investment property in Hearn Hill, right? Yeah, just oh, it's only a little unit. But yeah, I, I, same thing. I just love the suburb. I just think it's so underrated. Well, units, median price for a unit in Hearn Hill is 345000 6.76% compound growth the last 10 years. What was the difference between units in Hearn Hill and Manifold, Manifold Heights? Heights? So 345 in Hearn Hill. Yeah. 429 yeah, in see, Manifold look at Heights. That. Like it's 100k difference. Uh, absolutely. And last 12 months, 18% for a unit in Hearn Hill. And rental yields, both reasonable rental yields. You can obviously get some more rent in Manifold Heights, yeah. but the properties are cheaper in Hearn Hill. So mm. probably you play with relevant. your budget there, but you're getting similar returns. A house for Hearn Hill, 663 is the median. That's enjoyed 24% growth over the past 12 months, and that's going at 7.62% compound the last 10 years. Nuts. And and as I said before, on the other side of the road, it's technically Newtown, so you've got 646 or whatever you said for the yeah. average in a million. Yeah. So, crazy. Exactly. Um, Bellpost Hill and Bell Park, is there much b- difference between these two suburbs? Is that an area that you've done much sales in before? I long time ago, like early in my career, I had... Um, a record sale price at four rows of court was on the front cover. Remember the old domain? Yeah. Yeah, before bloody GT ran it into the ground. But um, yeah, same thing. Just awesome uh, value out there as well. Yeah. You got the numbers for those? I do. So I've got numbers for both suburbs and I'm the same as you. I don't know. Well, I don't know a lot about Bell Park or Bell Post Hill. I know there's good value out there mm. and I don't really know the pockets. Um, but interesting, a couple of sales here. Let's look at Bell Park first because I think if you're an investor in Melbourne looking to buy something around the 500 mark, you can get good properties um, in these sort of suburbs. Bell Park, uh, 25 Alicia Street, three-bed, one-bath brick. Nice um, nice big windows at the front of the house there. Um, sold for 630 in 2021. Back in 2000, sold for 130. Mm, nuts. So you. Making- I think um, Matty Plunkett from Buxton's sells 99.9% of the <laughs> stuff out there. So he's probably a man for the next podcast on Bell Park. But um, I think he grew up out that way. But yeah, as I said before, just awesome value. And in terms of geographically, like that's one of my favourite expressions in terms mm. of like you know you draw a dot, um, put a dot, and then draw a you know three kilometre radius around it. Like mm. parts of Bell Park, Bell Post Hill have still got. You know, you've got Cadinia right there, but you've also like you're a stone's throw, pardon yep. the pun, from, um, you know, the waterfront, Geelong train station. I just, I don't know how you can't not make money there. Yeah. Um, interesting thing 
uh, with Bell Park. Median price is 5.32. 10 years compound averaging is 5.71. So it's a bit under what some of those other premium suburbs. That probably just says there's a bit legs left. Yeah, I think exactly. like forecasting to the future. That just to me says it hasn't happened yet. Yep. Yep. It's enjoyed. 9.5% growth the last 12 months. So you're not going to sneeze at that, are you? But as you said, the last quarter, so the last three months, it's done 5%. So mm. it's really it's ramping up to, now. It's jumping I think on it's, the back of those suburbs it's that probably have really just, taken off. In my opinion, the reason it probably hasn't popped yet has been because obviously the age of the suburb, there's not a lot of like period homes out there. Mm. So you get a lot of post-war, like those cream brick brown roof sort of like, yep. and they, if you remember a Belmont, they that was kind of the last type of stock to pop in Belmont. But I think, yeah, that, that data probably says that it's, if it hasn't already started, it's happening. And the other thing too, and some of these properties that are pulled out, they are three bed, one baths, but they're on big blocks, mm. right? So they haven't, as you said, they haven't been renovated, yeah. turned into four bed, two baths. And that's when we will see the, explosive the prices growth. in those suburbs go. Yeah. And Bellpost Hill is actually very, very similar when it comes to uh, the stats. A median price is 533 compared to 532 in Bell Park. Yeah. And also doing 5.5% compound growth the last 10 years. And one sale I had in Bellpost Hill was 73 Darrowill Street again, three bed, one bath, five hundred and twenty thousand, uh, July twenty twenty one. Last sold in May two thousand and one for ninety six thousand. Yeah. yeah. So, feels like a crime of some description. We're too what, young, aren't we? We're what percentage nice is be, what percentage is that? Oh well, it's five hundred percent. It's four hundred percent growth yeah. in twenty years. Crazy. So, um, I don't have the compound figure there, but work yeah. on that for the next episode yeah you're right um that's probably 10 percent compound growth for the last 20 years there mate that's a wrap we've been talking for half an hour have we cleared up this elephant in the room <laughs> yeah no i think you got to keep it going as i said before i think accountability to um to the buyers is well that's what this pod i asked you before we got started who's your mm. target market with this audience and you know we're trying to help the buyers as much as agents potentially listen it's more around the buyers and just helping people get a leg up into the market yeah, so. and there will be people out there that own their home that want to upgrade or upsize. Um, so they'll be looking to buy, but potentially sell as well. So hopefully they get a few tips on selling. If you are looking to sell Geelong Real Estate Co., <laughs> Ricky Fort, Good man. Um, he might be your man. Um, he is your man. Uh, you can hear the integrity in his voice when he talks on this podcast. Absolutely. Mate, great to chat. Thank you. Um, I'd say we'd chat next week, but we could be in lockdown. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. <laughs> Great to chat. Um, we'll chat again soon. Sounds good. See you, mate. Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. So give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.